What's up, LLA Podcast Nation? This is the Live Like Wrestling Podcast. Mike Mahler, Sincere Hogan, that's me. Got another great show for you guys. We always have a great show for you, though. We don't produce shows that suck ass, so I think I can stop saying that now. <laughs> it's just expected. What do you think, man? <laughs> yeah, we have a great guest today. Super strong guy, but you have to counter that with the fact that he lives in the most boring town in America. So yeah, anyone can be strong there. So it's not as impressive when you live where this guy lives, and we'll get more into that <laughs> shortly. But before all that, it's time for you guys to show your support for the show by going to MikeMahler.com using coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements. Get my testosterone booster so you can finally tell your wife to stop telling you what to do. And you don't have to say, oh, I can't I can't come to your workshop, Mike, because she who must be obeyed said I can't sign up. It's like you, you take my T-booster for two weeks, you'll finally change that tune quickly. You guys know who you are. <laughs> and I know who you are, too, and I'm going to start calling people out who fall in that category. So use that coupon code, 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, Restorezyme, Recoveryall, get better sleep at night, less aches and pains. And check out that episode with Dr. Wong, who really went into detail about the benefits of systemic enzymes. And then you can get 10% off any of my videos, including the Age of Coral DVD set, which actually has our guest on it instructing as well, which we'll get to shortly. How about your, how about your stuff, man? Same thing. Hop over to NewWarriorTraining.com, type in the same coupon code LLA. You'll get 10% off of my products over there as well, including my DVD, the physical and digital copy of my body retraining DVD, as well as... A digital copy of the Wellness Code, 10% off of my Weight Management 101 course, and 10% off of my Costa Rican Chorriador Drip Coffee Makers, man. That's coming up, and that's going to be freaking awesome. So by the time you hear this, they will be available. You can still get 10% off of that product as well. Are you real coffee lovers out there? This is a real taste of Costa Rica. We talk about Costa Rica all the time, and I'll tell you this. This Drip Coffee Maker right here rivals that of any other Drip Coffee Makers out there, even French Press any of that. I'll, right up there with the AeroPress, and I'm a big fan of the AeroPress. So anyone that's really into coffee beyond just their coffee machine, then you can appreciate what I'm talking about. And if you're pretty much just making coffee from a coffee machine, then you really need to get this to your door so you can see what your coffee should really taste like. So there you go. Use that coupon code LLA over at NewWarriorTraining.com, and you can do that. Also, the workshop we're doing in September, Sincere Hogan, myself, Kim Blackburn, Steve Cotter, September 2021 is completely sold out. So for those of you that didn't sign up, you blew it. Add this to your list of missed opportunities, which is probably a really long fucking list, and that's just too bad. So now it's time for you to get on another list, which is our waiting list, by emailing Mahler25 at Yahoo.com or just go to either one of our websites. Say you want to get on the waiting list, and it's kind of like playing roulette. Maybe you'll get on. Maybe you won't. (laughs) But the only chance you have to get into the course now is getting on the waiting list because, again, you blew it. Missed opportunity. You know, a lot of times when people say, oh, we only have a few spots left for courses, people think it's bullshit. They're like, yeah, right. Usually it is. I bet they'll be. Yeah. <laughs> so it for usually good, is. For good reason. <laughs> but in this particular case, I mean, we had 35 people sign up within a month and a half of announcing the course just on the podcast. And then it wasn't going to take long to get a few more spots once we put the ad copy up on my website. And that's exactly what happened. So anyway, more information about the course on my website, more information about how to get on that waiting list. But without further ado, we have a great guest on today. Not only is this guy extremely strong and well-conditioned, he's an incredible strength coach. He also holds the Guinness Book of World Records for saying the word, all right, all right. 
more times than anyone else in a 24-hour period. On a DVD. <laughs> the only negative thing I can say about our guest is that he lives in Worcester, Ohio, where, where my alma mater, where I went to college. <laughs> we'll get into that throughout the show today, but our guest today is Andrew Derniat of DerniatStrength.com. Andrew, how are you doing today, man? Doing well. Doing very, very well. Good Finally Andrew. get all that food poisoning out? Yeah. Oh, man, it was awful. <laughs> not, not the way to drop four pounds in a day, but, uh, you know, luckily it was only less than 24 hours and was back out there doing uh, some sprints and, uh, you know, just some short conditioning work today just right. to break, get the sweat out. Yes, I told you to stop messing around with those yeah. townies, at The townies. That's one way to test it and see if you're ready to get back out there, man. Make sure that the food poison's gone. Run some sprints. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you, know, I, I, you know, there were sprints, you know, up-tempo is probably a better description of, <laughs> of what it was, uh, sprinting. It's using the term loosely. I <laughs> you know, what, more, what I call a full-out sprint is what the athletes at Mark Villapis' gym call a jog. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly, exactly right. right. I remember yeah. I went over there and we're like, all right, everyone's going to go sprint over here. And I'm going what I feel is an all-out effort. But somehow everyone next to me is now 50 feet in front of me. You know? <laughs> yeah, so. and, and he's just blew the whistle. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, was by my, yeah, I, was by, I was by myself, so so it wasn't it wasn't. I didn't have to uh, watch somebody else. Uh, yeah, I always feel a lot faster when I run by myself. Exactly. Yeah, somehow, <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm fast today. <laughs> oh man, what's been going on with you, man? It's been a while since we've talked. What's what's going on in your world? It's true. No, life has been good. You know, Jim just continues to grow and expand in all different ways. Uh, you know, strength had a, had a real good uh, you know spring strength wise. Uh, came finished in second place at the Arnold Classic for the Mighty Mitts, uh, right behind Mike Burke, who I believe finished fifth at World Strongest Man. What's that? What's uh, that all about? What's the Mighty Mitts all about? Yeah, the Mighty Mitts is it's pretty much uh, it truly has become the Super Bowl of grip sport right now. Hmm. Um, you know, it's on the main stage at the Arnold Strength Expo here in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and it's been the one arena that you know the pro strongmen the grip sport athletes that are just strictly grip sport athletes have all been able to come together and sort of hash it out in a couple of different events and see who's got truly the strongest hands Hmm. um and so it's the one area that you know as a grip sport guy you know you you definitely want to be out there and, and vibe for that spot uh and it's 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 an honor to get to you know truly compete on the exact same equipment same weights as you know guys like mike burke uh mark felix ode hagen uh you know brian shaw was out there this year i mean it's there's some big names in the strength world and you're standing there right next to them uh, they cast a pretty big shadow so I, yeah. you know, the first year right. i did it was a little intimidating but keep going back for more and uh this year like i said i was able to come in second behind uh mike who's you know a big strong guy but right. uh i was able to 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 beat mark uh felix that is and uh you know i've uh, gone up against Ode and a few other guys that have, it's been wonderful that's oh, no joke man. Yeah, man now you've got some folks that are probably listening right now like man why would i why is there a competition for grip strength and so can you just kind of go into that andrew like what's what's the appeal to, to yeah, I, because I guess, so many people don't know, man. At its absolute simplest, the way I describe it is you can't you can't lift what you can't hold on to. You know, yeah. to, to put it simply. 
Um, and I really got into grip, you know, through working with the kettlebells, um, with doing snatches and swings. I was in shape enough where if I, I could do more repetitions, if I could just hold on to the darn thing. So that led me towards grip training. And now, you know, if I get my hands on it, I'm pretty much not going to let go, uh, regardless of what it is. So, um, yeah, and for people who don't know, you have a world class grip strength. Yeah, and it's, you, it's you, don't you don't you hold the record for thick bar deadlift? Yeah, there's a thick bar deadlift, but I guess the one that stands out, and I think is my uh, one that I'm most proud of, is uh, my left hand deadlift, uh, 519 pounds, my left arm only. Wow, um, that's on a regular bar. You know, it was a straddle grip. You know, straddled straddled the bar, hook gripped it, and came up. Most people, their hands give out necessarily before the back, they, and that's where lifting straps and all right, those things, right. you know, these other aids come in. Right. You know, I you know don't have to use lifting straps unless I've torn my hand of some sorts. You know, my grip is very seldom my weak link. Right. Uh, in the chain. You know, I've never been a fan of straps for yeah. the reasons that you mentioned because I want to know what I can lift. Now, I, don't, yeah. I don't even wear a belt, which is just my personal thing when I deadlift and so forth, because I just, I, I just find that I have to brace more effectively and I have to be in the groove. And I've, I've, I'm very influenced by Bob Peoples' deadlift style recently. I've been playing around with what he does quite a bit, where he actually is fairly relaxed when he lifts heavy weights and he lets the weight pull his stomach forward and he he lets his shoulders drop forward as opposed to trying to keep everything perfectly in place because he felt that that was a waste of effort. And he had a very impressive oh, deadlift. One, yeah, 175, he was deadlifting over 700 pounds. It's yeah. incredible stuff. How do you feel on that? What's your, you're, what, you're, you're an incredible deadlifter. Do you, how, what, what's your technique like on it? Yeah, you know, mine's probably more, you know, it's, it's close to the textbook, you know, trying to keep my back flat. It's not a crazy arch. Right. Uh, but being so tall, you know, conventional, it, it almost looks like a, a stiff leg deadlift just due to having long limbs. Uh, but, you know, every, you know, what I say is everybody has their own, you know, there's the quote unquote textbook way of doing everything. And then there's little, there's individual interpretations of that. Right. Um, doing, doing a, you know, strict round back deadlift is a thing um, and can be used in practice safely and effectively if you use, you know, practiced progression with that you don't just right. start off going oh i'm gonna put i'm gonna do a round back deadlift today and, th and start with 400 pounds on the bar right you know if, if you build up to that you're going to be perfectly fine and safe you know because you've used progression you've conditioned your body for that without any problems it's it's people that say oh that's okay he's doing it it must be fine <laughs> right and then they try it with four or five hundred pounds and find out that okay their body wasn't set up for that and you know, to also jump on what you had said about not using a belt and things like that, other artificial aids in the gym, a lot of my training is so that when I leave the gym, I can be strong and fit. And that is something that, you know, if I'm walking down the street or if I'm out in the woods rock climbing or hiking or backpacking, <laughs> I don't have my weightlifting belt there that I can right. strap on and brace right. and, and get perfectly set. So, um, and that's what I, you know, I really encourage a lot of my clients and my athletes, especially because they come in and it's like, okay, yeah, sometimes we can use those if, you know, your back is sore and we, we know there's a limitation there. That's okay. But for the most part, I want you to get used to training without that because when you're on, you know, 
the tennis court or the basketball court or the football field, you don't have that that belt or those knee wraps or the you know unless home. unless you work at Home Depot, then you <laughs> yeah. have a belt. Yeah. <laughs> because that's that's requirement of the job is that everybody has, has back brace. And they have a back brace because yeah, they, back, they, they have they're they're six months pregnant is the problem. And I'm talking about guys. I'm not talking about women here. It's because they're they look like they're six months pregnant and as a result they have to wear a belt to counterbalance that. But that's that's another discussion yeah, altogether. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother you know. well, what do you think how much of a difference does it make wearing a belt? In other words, how much more can you deadlift with a belt on versus completely raw? Um for myself you know, anywhere between 20 and 40 pounds is okay. where I look at it. Now, um, you know, it, it's going to depend on your, indivi- you know, the individual. And, and it, ha- have you been practicing using the belt right, or have right. you been practicing without a belt? Right. Um, and recently, I mean, I mean, I, I feel comfortable working up to, you know, 585 or 600 without a belt. Um, that is something I've worked up to and have done and have done confidently and I'm fine with that, you know, and I've continued to get to build my back squat up along those same lines and will feel comfortable up to 450 on a back squat without a belt, uh, right now. And, and, but it took me probably six months of training specifically without a belt to feel confident at those numbers beforehand. It was, Hey, up to 500, not a problem. Once it hit 500, I was always throwing my belt on. Right. Just for, you know, it was, it was like my security blanket. Sure. Right, right. You just sort of threw it on. But uh, I realized. Yeah, I think hey, the problem with the belt is I see people have more leeway in their form now. In other words, they let it slide because they feel the belt will make up for any compensation. They, they feel it is yeah. like, you know, and it's, you know, people are like, oh, do you have a belt on? Like, it's, it's like putting on a seat belt where, well, as <laughs> you get your belt on, you'll be fine. Right. As long as you have your belts on, you can use shitty technique and you're still going to be okay. And, and I see that happen all the time. And on top of that, yeah, on top of that, they tend to, oh, sorry, go ahead, Andrew. It does not replace, you know, quality technique. Right. If you have good technique and you use a belt, okay, yeah, you can get a few pounds out of it potentially by, you know, with some extra internal uh, pressure, pressurization. But at the same time, if you're tech, it's, it, you shouldn't be putting it on to mask something because now you're really setting yourself up for catastrophic failure right right i think a lot of time lifters also kind of go out there like a lot of women do when they a lot of women wear the wrong size bra they're kind of (laughs) overcompensating and thinking like okay that bra is way too tight that's not your size and a lot of times you have lifters where'd you get this intel from (laughs) oprah oprah man oprah (laughs) oprah knows everything sincere likes to observe this is where this is is the benefits of sincere's people watching (laughs) you know i thought it was a lot of bras (laughs) yeah i said i saw victoria's secret you know just just for study only you know but yeah but a lot of times you have lifters picking the wrong size belt as well. It's way too thick for certain things. We see that in the kettlebell world. You see people using belts they should be lifting for heavy deadlifts or something like that or powerlifting, and they're using it yeah. just to do a 10-minute set, you know, with a 12-kilogram bell, <laughs> and they're like 220 pounds. I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> so that's, that, but that's no longer a weight belt. That's like a weight G-string right now, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, now, Andrew, do you use the, the, the dip-and-drive technique on deadlifts? Um. It's at at first that you know I I would just drop and go. Yeah. Now it's you know I'm a I'm a quiet lifter. You know it's like I'll calmly approach the bar. I'll set right. my feet, get my grip. You know, hips will start high, 
but they're going to come, you know, I'm not going to just drop them and violently start to pull. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't work for me either. You know, people have always said, Hey, do that. You'll do this. And I, I, I it's just never, either it's a question of, I haven't practiced and perfected it, but it, it just doesn't yeah. seem natural for me at all. I feel like the other day I hit a, I hit a nice PR for myself where I, I didn't use the, the dip and drive at all. I just got in position, didn't waste a lot of time down there, but got in position, grabbed the yeah. bar held on to it i didn't i didn't try to rip it off the ground as fast as possible you know, yeah my in you know, what i say is like you'll watch me warm up and like from 400 to 600 the bar is pretty much moving at the same speed right it's, right. it's kind of funny where it's like up to that point i can accelerate it but from 400 on it's just sort of it just sort of moves and i look at my deadlifting and i use the visualization of i don't think of deadlifting the bar i think of prying the bar off the floor mm. um it's and so I get into position and I almost feel like I'm just sort of falling back and I'm using my body as a lever and hinging at the hips right. is, is all I'm really mentally thinking of. And if I'm hinging at the hips, I know, you know that my body anatomically is going to be doing the right things, but I need to use that visualization to, to make it happen. And when I do that, I lift the biggest weights the easiest and if I start let my mind wander and I start thinking of something else as opposed to levering the bar off the ground, uh, I'm just not as efficient uh, with my deadlift. Right. Yeah. It's like one of the like tell my clients, man, when they're doing it, it's like when you try to go all these intricate details, they get confused. So I always yeah. just tell myself, pretend like these weights and this bar is under the floor and you're trying to pull it from under the floor. You're just trying to pull it up. And they tend to get it from there if they feel when they start visualizing it that way. And to be honest, also with the dip and drive, I just it doesn't feel comfortable to me. It just seems like yeah. it kind of takes me out of my rhythm to sit there exactly. and do that. Exactly. And now I'm kind of off. <laughs> yep, pulls me out of position. Yeah. So that's and that's just it. There's some guys that have been very effective with that technique. Yeah. What I find is with the dip and drive is that my hips go too high too soon. Yeah. So I try to rip the bar off the ground, and my hips go way up, and then and you start, looking, trying to you start pull. looking like a loop yeah. dancer all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> but if I if I just stay in position and, like you said, just grab the bar, take my time, then everything comes into place, and then I don't feel the stress in my back at all. You know, no matter how heavy I go. So I find that I find that the dip and drive is almost a distraction, and then it's it, it's also one of those techniques where you're you're taking the functionality away from the motion right because that's not what i'm going to do if i try to pick up a box or something i'm not going to exactly. dip and drive to grab a heavy box off the ground or anything yep. in real life i'm not going to dip and drive to grab a rock or anything like right. that so I, I want i want the move to be as as real world functionality as possible i totally agree totally agree now andrew, now, andrew oh just go ahead sister go oh, ahead. just one quick thing going back to grip now, we were talking about grip, and then there's a lot of people out there who are just starting off, and now they're just realizing, like, okay, wow, okay, I need to really start focusing on my grip now. Andrew, what do you say to someone who's just starting off? How, what are techniques that they can utilize if they're really starting to focus on their grip and really need to increase that grip strength? Because, you know, a lot of times, I'm pretty sure you've seen it when you have clients who just come to you, a lot of times it's not even about them as far as their body not being as strong as it, you know as they may think. It's just their grip yep. is really weak, and that's the thing that's really holding them back. So what's a good way to get them started to start building that grip strength? Um, yeah, no, getting into grip strength, I think the best thing is uh, some fat-handled uh, bars and or attachments like the fat grips. And I think one of the most underrated uh, you know grip techni- techniques out there it's just the old-fashioned uh, barbell, dumbbell, wrist curls, uh, and 
and and not doing them with like five and ten pound binky weights doing fifty oh, reps with them. Right. Uh, but you know, I mean, loading up you know a bar in the power rack and and working up to you know two twenty five, you know, working into you know close to to three hundred pounds and really progressively overloading your forearms in that way can truly be of huge benefit uh, for the grip. Now, as you get into to more advanced guys, uh, now you're getting very specific with their grip activities. You know, rock climbers are going to do hangboard and hanging workouts uh, on, on very thin and small edges and slopes. Um, and then the grip sport guys and gals are going to really, uh, you know, look at which events they're choosing to uh, go after uh, throughout the course of a year on the calendar, very much like a strongman would, if, you know, if, if Max Log is on is on the event list, uh, you want to make sure you're you're practicing with the log. Uh, and it's the same thing in grip sport. You know, looking at what type of pinch events or what type of thick bar events, and and learning and knowing the implements. So when they you, when you see them in competition, you're familiar with them, at least the best that you can. Right. Now, do you still do any kettlebell training, kettlebell sport training? Um, actually, yes. Uh, very recently, I've really started to, uh, you know, now that I've transitioned into the summertime and looking at getting back into a little bit more strength endurance activities, uh, have very much gone back to, uh, the kettlebells and kettlebell sport looking for just that strength endurance. And, yeah. you know, I could try to come up with some fancy, you know, training plan of, utilizing all kinds of different things or I can go what I know works and works very well, which is right. kettlebell sport and, and throwing the bells around for strength endurance. Right. Um, and so, you, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> my, my training regimen tomorrow, if you follow my, my training log at all is, is going to be a, I'm going to do intervals with a uh, long cycle with, with 24s. I'll, I'll do 35 seconds of work, 25 seconds of rest. Mm-hmm. It'll be a clean and push press. Um, you know, I've been routinely hitting nine reps per 35 seconds in that time. And then I'll rest and I'll do a 10 minute snatch set with a 20 kg kettlebell. I'll go at 20 reps a minute. And there's the workout. And it's, you know, it's very GS like. It's not, um, you know, back in the day when I was throwing 32s around, you know, all day, every day, but, um, you know, gives me a little bit of conditioning and uh, gives me a little bit of endurance work right. so as, as I build back into it. Sure. I saw you back in, we saw each other back in November at the IKFF Worlds, and that was like the first time I've seen you compete, yep. compete in a while. And I know you stepped yeah. away from the sport for a while there. Actually, you're one of the first people that I met actually when I got into this style of kettlebell training back when um, you came out with Valeri and Marty for the AKC yep. certification in Houston. This was probably about like, man, I don't know, about seven years ago now. And yeah, like, so yeah, the first probably time like nine. <laughs> exactly. So you, you, you were like my first experience is really seeing, okay, here's a very strong dude who's not walking around looking like, you know, an ex power lifter for the last 30, 40 years, big gut or anything like that. Yeah. Which some of the things I saw when I first became aware of kettlebells in like the early 2000s. So when I saw you and then there's just the opposite of you with Marty on the other side of the platform Marty. right there. And I'm sitting there looking and you guys are going neck and neck for about 10 minutes. So then I was, that's yeah. when I was like, you know what, man, this, 
there's something about this. There's something about this something style here. of training compared to what I've what I've known and come across before this. You know, with more of the RKC Absolutely. style and all that. I'm like, okay, this here is kind of okay. Tell me more. So, but yeah. you stepped away for a while, man. So why did you stop competing for a while there? It was. Um, it, I, I looked at um, the style of competitions that I was partaking in more and more, which were the Arnold Mighty Mitts and the LA Fit Expos against. You know, these, you know, giants of men, to be exact. Um, and I was, I was capable of playing the game with the Mark Felixes, the Mike Burks, and the pro strongmen who are on average six feet tall, 300, and now it's on average six five, 350. (laughs) And, you know, when I stand next to them, I look like a 12 year old schoolgirl. And <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm 6'4, 230. You know, and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm an NFL linebacker and I look like a 12 year old schoolgirl next to most of these guys. <laughs> They're so big. Right. And, and so I had to make the conscious decision, which I did, which is I need to stop. If I, if I truly want to compete and beat these guys, in this arena of grip sport on those stages, absolute strength was going to win out over strength endurance. Yeah, right. Yes, I was, I was, I had, I had aspects of both. I could play in both, but if I wanted to win, I had to pick or choose. Right. And it's, is where it came down to. And I looked at it and I said, you know what? I want to, I want to beat these guys just once beat these guys in, you know, head to head. Let's, let's go after it. Yes. Grip. Are these guys still stronger than me? Yes. I'm not going to doubt that, but just one day I want to say I could hang with them in something and made that decision, went for it and feel like I have succeeded in that. Um, and now I, I, you know, it's like, all right, you know, I've, I've played that game. It was great. Now, now I'm starting to get back into some of the more endurance stuff. And doing it for the health and longevity. I'm not getting any younger, 35 now, and uh, and so it's nice to, to look at it and go, all right, let's let's go back to doing a little bit of everything and do a little bit of everything very well. Right, right. Um, and so the bells are coming back in, and you know, as I'm as I'm doing you know sets and going, all right, you know, once I get back into using the 24s and maybe the 28 full time, you know, yeah, I could see my you'll see me show up at uh, you know, one of, one of Cotter's, you know, the IKSS uh, events and, and, and step back out on the platform like I did a couple of years ago. I had a couple of guys I trained and, and they enticed me to come back out and make a guest appearance. And I was like, all right, I got to choose my weight, my, my, rep, my reps per minute wisely here because right. I'm a little out of practice. But <laughs> I knew, you know, I had done it for so many years, the technique would be there. I just needed to be smooth and consistent with my performance because I knew there was going to be a fine line between going for the gusto and, and and falling flat and just being let's just be smooth, steady, and put together a good set, which is you know pretty much what I did uh, at the time. Yeah, something can be much, said to be yeah, like yeah. actually finding something and actually being focused on that and trying to be great at that one event that you're focusing on yep. compared to just being mediocre at every damn thing. Like so many people are doing yep. now in this fitness industry that we're in. Everybody's just so excited to be mediocre at just doing 
things at a subpar level just so they can say like oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I'm a well-rounded yeah. athlete. Like, no, yeah. you're just well-rounded at being mediocre. <laughs> That's all that is. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. And so, and that was you know, and I, I had to make that decision, and, and and it was you know, there's you know, unfortunately, you know, I got away from seeing a lot of people like you know that I you know pretty much grew up in the strength world with uh, because of it. But at the same time, it's nice to you know, get back into to some of that. And I, there was a lot of things I learned from, from, from doing that. And it's like, you see a lot of things and you go, okay, yeah, this, this is, this is one aspect of, you know, the whole shebang of, you know, strength and health and strength and fitness and, and everything that comes with it. So, you know, not, not a bad thing at all. Definitely. No doubt. Now you used to be, a head instructor with the AKC, you taught some other certifications, and then you moved away yep. from that. What were the reasons for moving away from that? Oh, um, it was it was truly just you know myself personally. I was getting out of the sport um, to pursue my own personal goals and aspirations, and so there, there, you know I still have good you know there was there was never any bad blood or anything like that. Uh, I still speak highly of everyone in 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 you know, the AKC and the IKFF, and it was sure. it was just, I looked at it as I was not personally still pursuing those same avenues uh, of, of strength and fitness, and so it was, you know, I, I kind of looked at it as, okay, you know, I can come in and I, I feel like I can still teach and look at these lifts and critique them honestly, um, but, you know, as I getting farther and farther away my technique to demonstrate some of these lifts you know wasn't always spot on and it was like you know this is not my you know main mode of uh of training right now so you know it just i I did less and less work um but you know still go out there and 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 throw everything around and now i i bring an additional insight back to it just as people come in and train, and I still have, you know, some clients to this day that train more along the the, uh, the kettlebell sport line, right. and you know we're we're, we're um, detailing up uh, weekly routines based on kettlebell sport performance. So integrity so, was basically the response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, you have a high yeah, level yeah, of integrity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of people who, who like to teach kettlebells who don't use them anymore, but that's how they make money. So they're going, well, I'm yeah, going to keep yeah. teaching. Yeah, I'm going to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of like you know I'm not I'm not here just to to blow smoke up somebody's ass, you know. So, right, right. Uh, you know, but some people will. Yeah. yeah. No During doubt. the time that you stepped away, you, you know. I mean, if you paid attention to, and I'm sure you have, that you, during that time we've had other instructors come over from Russia, world class, world champions come over now, just oh, kind of yeah. showing new, new, new methods to us here in the West. Not necessarily new methods to them there, but mm-hmm. um, and you've seen a lot of, and like case in point, one of the biggest improvements I've ever seen on the platform was Marty, Marty Farrell. Just yeah. where Marty yep. was when I first got into the sport, when I first met both of you guys. To where Marty is now. I mean, first of all, now look at Marty now. Marty's got yep. he's pack. He's packing muscle. Marty's gaining a little weight, and not in a fat way, yeah. but in a strong way. Like he's putting muscle yeah. on now, and his technique yep. is just way different, and his numbers have just shot up once he started training yeah. with some of the coaches that the world champion coaches, like Coach Rudnev and yeah. those guys coming over from the IKSFA. Yep. Yep. So yep. looking at those guys coming over, uh, are there certain things that you've noticed with them that you've started to pick up on and start to teach with your clients? It was. Um, 
I was I was actually part of the first U.S. group to go over oh, and, right. and, yeah, and Russia, work yeah. with Rudnev and all them. And yeah. so um, I really when when we went over there, that was it was great. And it was like God, why didn't we know this before? Because it, it, it made sense where um, the rest of the strength world seemed to be working under these percentages and progression of periodization, whether it was undulating, linear, you know, you can throw all the fancy words at it you want, but there was, it, it, it was making sense on a mathematical sense. And that's what those guys really brought to the table at the time. And, and at first I was like, you know, I, I felt like, oh, were we being slighted all this time up until this point? And I don't think that was the case at all. I think, you know, when you look at, you know, this journey we're all on, it's like, okay, what pieces of the puzzle make sense at the right times for us to be able to understand it on our journey? And at the time, I mean, most of us were still learning what the hell a kettlebell was and how to do a double dip with the jerk, mm-hmm. let alone trying to figure out, you know, the percentages and, and, the, and the progression for it. Um, the other the other bit that I noticed we got over there is that, you know, you know, in the American system, you know, we only had a few kettle, but we had 12, 16s, 24s, and 32s, right. and that was it. Um, you get over there, and they've got, you know, one and two kilogram increments all the way up and through right. uh, 44, you know, kilograms, and it was like, hold up, we got to change something, and so it's like, you're, I'm coming back and duct taping plates <laughs> to bells and coming up with all these different yeah. things, just, and being like, okay, now, now I'm making sense of this and feel like it can go there. Um, the other thing that if, if you look at the correlations between the Russian training system, both for the Olympic lifts and the kettlebell lifts, they utilize a lot of assistance exercise. And so it's a little bit more, you know, well-rounded holistically total body wise. And that coincided with the kettlebells. Whereas you know, the Bulgarians, it was, you do these lifts, you just keep doing these lifts, and you'll get better at these lifts. Well, that's great if you got better, and if not, you just broke and you were in a heap on the ground. Um, and so, depend, you know, some people excelled very well with the, just do the main lifts, you don't need accessory lifts, and you'll, and you'll be fine. But a lot of people, I find, I think the majority of people need, some of the accessory lifts to bring up weak points to then be able to, you know, exploit the, the main lifts to their full potential. And, you know, Rudnev and, and, and Mishin and, and all those guys really uh, brought that out and encouraged those other lifts, whereas before I think they were, you know, they were almost discouraged because they were also trying to sell kettlebells. You know, if you're trying to, if, if one of your main sources of income is selling a kettlebell, you don't want people doing barbell lifts because, well, then they may realize they don't, they don't always need your kettlebell. Um, <laughs> right. Right. So I, I think some of that got in the way as well is that, you know, they were, you know, you, you were making business decisions <laughs> and, and trying to suppress information. Well, there's a lot of silliness too. There's a lot of silliness yeah. in the kettlebell. Where, isn't there? I mean, there's people who who think that you should only train with kettlebells, and there's no need to train with anything else. Absolutely, yeah. And then there's people that, that that use kettlebells, but they don't use it in a way that makes sense to improve the power exercises with the barbell and so forth. So you're you're yeah. it's just a big mess. 
of exercises yeah. where there's and, no and real sense to it. If, if, if I have a, a soapbox that I get on more than anything, it is, I don't think as trainers and as coaches, enough people ask the basic question on day one. Why are you here? Right. What is your goal? Why are you here? What, you know, because if I don't know why you're here, I, you know what, I'm going to do everything wrong. Right. Because there, you know, there are a lot of great exercises out there, but the exercise that you're doing when you're with me is to serve a purpose and just make something stronger so that you perform better at blank. Right. That blank is so important, and there are so few trainers and coaches out there that ask that question of, why are you here? What, what do you want to get out of this? Because that's my job is to make you better at something. But if I don't know what that something is, I'm just pissing in the wind. Right, right. And, and it right. also works for those coaches and trainers, too. A lot of times they don't even know why they're here. <laughs> so it's kind of hard yeah. to ask that question when you haven't even asked that question for yourself. You know, cause they're, they're they don't even know why in. they're in the business. Yeah, a lot of trainers just pissing in the wind and want everybody to join in with them. Like, nah, you know, man, that's it, not I, I heard the infomercial. It sounded cool. I <laughs> get to wear a T-shirt and, tees, and shorts all day, so why not? You know? <laughs> Well, you know, actually, that's a good question to ask you, Andrew, in terms of why you're in Worcester. <laughs> so why are you in Worcester? <laughs> why, why am I in Worcester? Well, I, I'll, give you the, I'll give you that answer. You're, you're a guy wasting, wasting your entire youth. <laughs> you know? And I know what everyone else is missing out on because I went to school there. So I'm not just speaking. Yeah. You, know, you, you, have, you, have the unique, you have the unique perspective of, of it all. Well, uh, one, I was, I was born and raised here in Ohio. So Ohio is home uh, for me, first and foremost. Um, you know, I ended up in Worcester, of all places, coaching lacrosse at the college here, uh, which, which I coached for for four years. And in the last two years of coaching, I started doing personal training on the side um, with uh, some of the youth uh, soccer kids in the area and lacrosse kids. And that is how I got my start in, in the business of personal training and, and, uh, and coaching. Um, and once I left the college and was, it was, it was developing my clientele here in town, you know, I also met my my uh, my now my now current wife at the time, and so uh, now now this is, this has truly become home. And uh, looking at, at at starting a family, so uh, all in all, it's not not too terribly bad. It's all what you make of it. So sure. um, it is yes, it is Worcester, Ohio, and you know if you, if you've been elsewhere. Yeah, you look at it and you go, man, why would you want to be there? But uh, the same I was, time, I was expecting you to say that there's a dome built around the city and that you're not able to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that show, uh, the dome. That, that's what I was expecting. The answer to be. But that's yeah. So, well, and, and then the kicker is, is, is we left Worcester and we actually got married in West Virginia. So. You know, I, I've just wrapped up a whole slew of... That, that'll uh, of that'll good, make Worcester good, look better, so I, I can... Yeah, it's you know, got a whole slew of jokes that are just lined up. Uh, yeah, to, to improve on Worcester, we got married in West Virginia, so... Uh, 
It's uh, not, not not helping our cause there with the, the thought pattern. But, and by the way, listeners, know, I don't want to hear any sensitive people that are going, oh, you're making fun of my town, man. It's like, just like, loosen up a little. Oh, okay, when, yeah. oh, when somebody says Las yeah, Vegas people sucks. Are, people are, are too people. overly sensitive all over the place. So Stop making fun of my town, man. Like, look, dude, I'm from a small town <laughs> in East Texas. Trust me, it's not going to get any worse than that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I, exactly, I, I've yeah. been you know, in the deepest part of Ohio and – didn't look any different from East Texas. So, yeah, I can talk about Henderson yep. all day long. But at the same time, I'm going to get upset and say, oh, Henderson is just country. My wife says it all the time. She's like, I, you just don't seem like you came from here. <laughs> Did they just drop you off here or something? Like, you just don't fit. I'm like, yo, it's in me. It's in me. I just choose not to let it out. That's the thing yeah, about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, man. And now we got a kick-ass facility. So it's, it's, not, it's now, now Worcester is now on the map of a destination location. If you're in the fitness industry, uh, due to Derniad Strikes being here. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's improving. <laughs> there you go. Worcester's native son. There you go, man. Did we lose Mike? Indeed. No, it's oh. my, my dog's making some noise. So I had it on mute. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> so maybe, 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 Andrew, you can do what Louis Simmons did for where he's based in Ohio. Maybe you'll do the same. Exactly. It's going to become a destination. Exactly. Yeah. People from yeah. all over the world go to Westside in Ohio. Exactly. So. Now, how does your hey, gym compare? Back. How does your gym compare to the House of Iron out there? Is that place still around? In, in it is. It is. The House of Iron is still, you know, up and running. But uh, the House of Iron is we, literally a house with different yeah. rooms with equipment. In it, you know? Yeah, with equipment. In it. So it's uh, we we we're a little bit, uh, you know, uh, we we've we've upgraded quite a few things. Uh, you know, we've got. Uh, three full, you know, we're, we're pretty much a, a Sorenex exercise equipment showroom. Okay. Uh, if you've ever seen any of, uh, Sorenex's oh, equipment. Stuff, man. I use their Sorenex poor glute ham machine. That thing is glute yep. ham raise machine. That poor man glute ham raise machine. It's all yeah. great piece of yeah. So we pretty, you know, if we've got three of their base fit racks, got their platform, uh, their auto spot benches, um, we've got their glue ham reverse hyper. Um, we got their base fit racks. Uh, truly, everything uh, is is Sorenex equipped out here, which is which is phenomenal. That stuff is just bomb proof to the gills, and uh, it makes everybody strong here. So uh, it it truly is. You know, you walk in. Some people look at it as a powerlifting gym. Others look at it as a is a half Olympic weightlifting gym, and then they see you know the hundreds of kettlebells, and they're like, okay, this is a kettlebell gym. They're like. Hey, if you want to get strong, we've got it here. You know, we also, you know, then we also have the yoga yoga studio that's attached and, and, and hooked up. So um, we got yoga classes. We got all the strongman equipment outside: kegs, stones, tires, axles, farmers' walks. Um, you know, you name it. Anchor we've got an anchor chain out back that weighs about 900 pounds for dragging around. So um, it, it, we've really just sort of made it into a you know a true training hall of any and all aspects of, of strength and health uh you know sort of harken back to the old days of when you know they were they were training halls and you could come here and train and it's like all right yes you can you can train here this is what you want you know we have people that'll walk in and they're like whoa this is a gym i'm like yes what were you expecting <laughs> you, know, you know you know we're not we're not your 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 cute you know health club yeah, I was about to We're, say. You know, when you when when you come in, you you come in here to train. And like I said, you know, number one question is why are you here? Right. right. You know, 
Yeah, answer that question, and then we'll show you around. Well, that's a good question to ask in no matter what you're doing, right? Whether you're starting a business, why are you starting this business? What are you trying to achieve? Whether you're, whether yeah. it's a workout regimen, whether it's a relationship, relationship yeah. a lot of people don't ask that very important question is, what is it yeah. that you want to do and why do you want to do it? And then what are you prepared to do to achieve it? So, I mean, those are all yeah. very important questions to ask. Yeah. And, it, and I think it's, it's just, it's, it's the one soapbox I get on time and time again of, you know, why are you using the, you know, it's like, all right, you know, you want to get stronger on this. And it's like, all right, I'm seeing you do this. And then, you know, every workout, exercise. every workout should have a precise goal. And that's the other thing that I, yes. that I hate seeing. I hate seeing randomness. Now, every once in a while, it's fun to just go do something random, right? Yeah, Maybe randomness can be fine. Yeah, once a week, but sometimes like, I go, I'm just going to go, exactly. I'm going to go to my home gym. Gotta do the purpose. Up. Exactly. Most yeah. workouts, yeah. you have a clearly defined goal. Like today, I, get, I did a great workout before I came in, and I had a clearly defined goal of the numbers I wanted to hit on each exercise I was doing. Yeah. And, I, and I hit all those numbers. And then you have that sense of fulfillment when you hit those numbers, which inspires you to keep going forward. If you're just if you're just going to the gym or your home gym and just going through the motions, that, that's not remotely exciting or inspiring. There's, yeah. no, there's no reason to – it's easy to skip those workouts now because you don't even know what the fuck you're doing anyway. Right. You know, if I skip the workout today, yeah. where I don't even know what I was going to do anyway. That's I, mean, you, I look forward to most workouts because I'm going. Oh yeah, Monday I've got to hit those numbers. Can't right. wait. So I mean, the drive over to the gym, you're already getting amped up and thinking about everything. Every warm up set, you're like, oh yeah, this feels good. I'm getting into the groove. I'm going to hit those numbers. Or if you don't yep. hit those numbers, then you have to assess why, and then you come back next time and and come back stronger. But I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's amazing to me how many people work out without having a clearly defined plan of what they're actually trying to achieve. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it drives me. It just drives me nuts. Like, oh well, you know, I I want you to kick my ass. Like, <laughs> Bend what, over. What <laughs> that? I mean, if, if that, I mean, I can punch you right now and technically kick your ass. I can kick you in the ass and you pay me a thousand dollars for it. Okay. <laughs> you no, know, and it's and it's not gonna make you any better. I was like, so. You know, do you right. want to get for better at something, or do you just want to sweat a lot and lay on the ground? Well, for a lot of people, the goal is fatigue, and and that's that's not a useful goal. <laughs> you know, no. that may yeah. happen like, as a side effect of a good workout, but that's never the goal that I'm looking for. I don't go do sprints yeah. at my house until I'm dying. The goal is no, I do I'm, I'm doing them to achieve, like you said, to achieve a purpose right. for later on. You know, because a train, you training doesn't make you stronger. Training makes you really weak. Resting from training makes you stronger. Right, definitely. So, you know, these, I mean, it's like, do you not understand? I got some people listen to people, well, shit, I've been sitting on my fat ass for years. I'm I'm strong as shit. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to train first, (laughs) and then you've got to rest and recover. So there is the training bit that needs to go in there, but this whole thing where people are like, oh, man, I want to get big and jacked. Okay. You know, you know how I'm much train on rest six days, seven days a week. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. then you don't want to get big and jacked. What a lot of people <laughs> don't like, realize is how much more pleasurable rest is after you've trained hard. I mean, like yeah. today I hit yeah. a hard workout. So I'm going to go get a good massage and then hit the spa here, steam room, sauna, and so forth. I mean, it's such a great feeling after you've trained yeah. hard. I just were sitting around yeah. all week and then I went to do that. It's not going to be the same feeling. It's like when you went right. after yeah. a day of hard work business training and so forth when you get in bed at night you're just like man I, I, I just, this, this is this is so pleasurable yeah. to lie down and not have to think about yeah. anything 
and just rest. Like if, so if, it's, you a, it's, if you have a pet, they look at you like, see, this is what it's all about, buddy. This is why I chill <laughs> out. I go outside, I run, I walk with you, you stupid human, and then I come back in, and then I take a nap. This is the beauty stuff. So, yeah, enjoy this, human. Yeah. You know, you know, the animals, they understand it, man. Little kids, they get it, too. They run, they play, they yep. come in, they rest. It's a wrap, you know. But of course, adults are like, "Well, I got to work and I got to do all this other stuff." Well, you know, that's. It's not like it's. I mean, you can still cater it the way that you need it to make it happen. And you know, there's gonna be some people listening right now, like, "Well, I feel like, what if I just go and work out? At least I'm actually doing something. I'm getting something done." If that's just your goal, just to get up and just say you're getting something done. I mean, even in that, you still have some goals. It's like, okay, well, what yeah. are you trying to get done? Well, if, if getting up and bending forward to get the remote to watch TV and you hurt your back, well, your goal with your workout is to make sure that doesn't happen again. Obviously, there's some things that need to be worked on yeah. right there. And that's what most injuries yeah. happen right there in front of the television. People are like, man, I got this, yeah. my back, my shoulder's hurting, and I haven't done anything. <laughs> All I did was just, you know, I just get the remote. I'm like, well, there's your problem. <laughs> so, yeah, man. It's, I mean, we're, we're goal-oriented organisms, right? Everything yeah. is about goals. So if you don't have a clearly defined goal, you're not going to have motivation. You're going to wake up without purpose, mm-hmm. and that's very unmotivating right there. So it's when it comes to training or your business or whatever it is, clearly defined goals are so important. And it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the moment because you're so focused, you're so transfixed on this goal you want to achieve. That's the opposite end of this is, is where people are so transfixed yeah. on a goal they want to achieve that they can't enjoy the present moment. All or nothing, man. Fail, yeah. Failure is not an option. Yeah. It's always an effing option, yeah, Failure is always, always an option. An option. <laughs> it's always an option, and sometimes it's a good option. So, I mean, it's, that, that one always cracks me. I, like, I just started phrase, this, like... and failure is not an option. It's like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. There's a good chance that you'll do everything right, and you still fail. So you just have <laughs> to accept that fact. Yeah. So you better enjoy the process, because <laughs> exactly. the, the goal may never come. You know, That's just yeah. a sad reality of a lot of things, man. Is a lot of us have goals we want to achieve, and they just don't happen for whatever reason. But if you enjoy the process, then then it's not a total wash. Not if anything, so it's, it's still a victory. Exactly. Sometimes you get the goal, but then you get to it, and it's like, now you're depressed again. You're like, well, yeah, that wasn't was, everything. Like, what was that this about? what I was expecting. <laughs> He's like, oh, is that it? <laughs> well, I mean, I think people put too much weight on how they're going to feel after they achieve <laughs> right. something, whether it's getting married or building a business or making a certain income parameter or achieving a certain fitness goal. Mm-hmm. They put too much weight on how that's going to change things, and it's it's not going to have that much of an impact on your mood necessarily. Yeah. So you need to have a good mood irrespective of those things. In fact, if, yeah. if, you're, if you're someone that has a good mood and you're a positive person, you're going to achieve better things anyway. You know, If you're right. someone yeah. that's miserable all the time, that's not really a good starting point to <laughs> yeah. achieve anything meaningful. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Well, yeah, the real depression thing when it comes to, to lifting is there's always a bigger number. There's always more weight that can be lifted. There's always more repetitions that can be done. And there's always someone warming up. There's someone warming up with your with your max. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you you hit a PR, and guess what? There's another number staring you down already. (laughs) That's that's the thing. Is like you know when you really look at lifting and and following numbers, it's a really depressing endeavor because there really is no end goal. Because the end goal is just another number. That's out there staring you down. So I think that's kind of a positive like, thing, though, right? Because that means there's always room for improvement. So the yeah, way I look at that is, no matter what you great, achieve, you can always get better, and that keeps me. Yep. I've been working that is, for a long time, and, and because you yep. constantly improve, that is motivating in and that, of itself. It's, it's the great. That's it, it, like I said. It's the depressing, but the, the greatest thing about what we do is that you know, you know, if better is possible, good is never enough. You know, that's something I always tell people. I was like, you know, you can always do better. 
what, what can what can be depressing to me is how fast you can lose stuff. You know, that's always yeah. my love hate relationship with kettlebell pressing. And that is that it takes a lot of work for me to get good at it, and it doesn't take much time at all for me to lose that. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's some other exercises I can hold on to. Deadlifting, for example. I mean, if I can take a yeah. couple weeks I off from deadlifting, off come back and be stronger. If I take a couple weeks yep. off from any kind of pressing, I'm going to be significantly weaker by the time I get yep. back. I'm, I'm never going to be stronger you know, coming back after a layoff yeah. from pressing. It's always going to be weaker. So that, that, that can be somewhat demoralizing at times. Yep. Pressing and squatting are the two that looks like, you know, if I don't practice it, it just takes a tank fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Great having you on the show, buddy. Where can people find out more about you? Um, you can go to Strength. Dot com d-u-r-n-i-a-t strength.com um, and then also you can come to Worcester, Ohio and just come visit I mean there's, there's nothing wrong with that we always take visits and uh, we got a spare room we call it our bed and barbell so stop I'd, I'd love to take you up on that offer but I made a pledge when I graduated <laughs> driving out that I would never come back so unfortunately yeah. <laughs> I can't break that promise <laughs> you, can't, you don't, don't want to break that well, yeah. well my wife that, my wife's that, got a great restaurant downtown so I've got some great food now that I can entice people and anybody that's, uh, that's been to a restaurant uh, well, knows that some of the nicest people I've ever met were actually in Worcester, Ohio and it's 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 kind of a quaint town so I mean it's it's not the worst place in the world to go visit no. so I like to make fun of it quite a bit, but uh, you know, it, it's not a bad place. So you should definitely check out Andrew's gym over there. Check out his wife's restaurant, and also check out Andrew's stuff on YouTube. He's got a lot of inspiring oh, yeah. videos. That I like to check out your stuff on YouTube all the time because it, it's very inspiring to see the achievements you have and your clients. And it's just it's just motivating. I like seeing people that are successful in whatever the realm is. It's it's always motivating to me as well. And coaches actually out there training and not just create another product. And we never see well, exactly. their asses, you know. <laughs> always liked about Andrew is the fact that he's a product of the advice he gives. Exactly. At least in the front. That's man. rare. That's rare in our industry. So whenever you see that, you want to support. It's unfortunate. Yeah, man. It's like, I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. You know, it's, exactly. it's, you know, it's like, it goes back to the whole integrity. Have some integrity, people. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Well, especially awesome. in our industry, I think you should lead from the front. So that's that's one thing that this show is yeah. about. Um, so thanks again, man. Thanks, man. Having you on the show. No, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, brother. Take care, man. Have a good one. Yep. We'll see you. Again, that's our friend Andrew Derniat. Check out derniatstrength.com. Put his name in Google and YouTube, and you'll see a lot of cool videos, articles, etc. A ton of great information to check out there. And follow his training journal. I like to follow a few yes. people's training journals just to see what they're doing and to see the progress they're making and just to see how they put things together because Andrew puts together a variety of training paradigms extremely well. So that's, that's definitely an art form that's worth checking out. Definitely. All right, folks, so don't forget to go to both of our websites before we head out of here. Use that coupon code LLA. Get 10% off all of our products. And for those of you that were looking to, well, who waited around, thinking that you had a chance to get in there and register for the course coming up in September, get on that waiting list, and then you may get a second chance. You know, sometimes people get second chances out there. It's not guaranteed, but there is a possibility. Who, who knows? Somebody might back out. Something may come up as far as family, work, whatever. And then that'll be your chance. And then at that time, one of us will send you a link to sign up. Don't procrastinate because if you snooze again, you lose. Somebody else is going to get it. And then you'll be kicking yourself in the behind when you sit there and realize that we were telling the truth. We're not doing this course again in the U.S. It's not happening, especially with the four of us. Not going to happen. <laughs> we mean that. So don't wait. Okay. Waiting is for suckers. All right, folks.
Yeah, and don't waste my time with that waiting list either. I mean, I had a guy email me the other day going, oh, I just found out about the course. Can, can you squeeze me in? And I was like, all right, fine. So I sent him the button. Still hasn't signed up. <laughs> so, from, you know, next person who has to be next. put on the list, I'm not going to make that offer because that, that's irritating. It's a waste of my time. It doesn't show any respect for the course we're putting together. So if you want to be put on that waiting list, I'm assuming you actually want to sign up for the course. Exactly. You're not just asking to be put on the waiting list, hoping that I don't get to you with an offer to sign <laughs> up. You know, I, I, I hope I just want to put on. I want to put myself on the list with the intent that hopefully he's not going to email me with the offer. And that way, I could say, "See, I wanted to go, but he, I just never had a chance." It's like, no, don't do it. Oh man! So there you go. <laughs> so there you go, folks. Go to MikeMuller.com or NewWarriorTraining.com, and there you go, man. Use that coupon code, and we'll see each and every one of you on the next show. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone.